Holy crap, I recorded everything and forgot to mention this is the May 31st, 2015 episode. It's the end of Mucho Mango Mayo, finally! Girl, look what you've done to me. Hello, my cold tamales. This is your hot comfort host, Matthew Sanborn-Smith, and his Boiling Point Break podcast, Beware the Hairy Mango. Today's story is all about pursuing everyone else's dreams. If you've pursued Peter Fonda, Dennis Hopper, and Jack Nicholson and refused to bathe again after covering yourself in their affections, everyone else might call you a skeezy rider. Skeezy Rider by Matthew Sanborn-Smith. Things are kind of tough when your dream is to start a motorcycle gang, but you don't have any motorcycles. Pedro was in just such a position. He was about to end his life, because it really didn't take much at that point. Pedro had had a pretty tough life up to this time. Let me explain. His parents lost him in the woods when they were playing hide-and-seek with him when he was only three weeks old. He was discovered by a pack of Wolfman Jacks. They took him in and raised him as one of their own. He learned how to spin discs and talk like this and say things like stacks of wax, baby, and that kind of thing. But when he went out into the human world, everyone there laughed at him and slapped him all over his body, which is the traditional Ethiopian method of slapping someone all over their body. Just because they outnumbered him and they could do it, they sentenced him to a lifetime of licking previously licked stamps unless he could defeat the Sphinx named Leon who lived outside of town. He did indeed defeat the Sphinx in a game of Rock'em Sock'em Robots, which Leon Sphinx lost because he had no thumbs. As a reward, Leon gave Pedro his most prized possession, a solid gold jet ski, which immediately sank because it was so heavy. Pedro turned in a rage, but the wily Sphinx had hailed a cab and was already riding away. Pedro was devastated. The jet ski was the only thing Pedro had ever owned, even as brief as it was. Throughout his life, he'd even had to rent the food that he ate and return it eight hours later. He wanted a jet ski, though, one that worked. He went from town to town, defeating sphinxes, until finally he was arrested for endangering a species' self-esteem in the arena of Rock'em Sock'em robots. He was found guilty, and as punishment, he was given a jet ski. Different parts of the world have different values, and this one heaped all of its honors upon the motorcycle gangs who ruled the city. So owning a jet ski was hilarious to that shitty group of people. Pedro had finally gotten his precious jet ski, but realized he wanted something else because everyone else did. If only everyone wanted what he had, he would already be happy. He couldn't sell his jet ski to anyone in the hopes of buying a motorcycle because no one wanted his crappy thing. So, as I was saying, he was about to do himself in by clamping himself into a series of panini presses, which he rented, when Rhonda tapped him on the shoulder. Rhonda had been sentenced to a jet ski the same day he'd been. Her crime was herding dozens of ducks the wrong way down a two-way street. There's more than two ways, people. For instance, there was Rhonda's way, which was diagonally. She had met Pedro in court, heard the story of his legendary robot skills, and had become a complete Pedrophile. We don't need no goddamn motorcycles, Pedro! We got our jet skis. A light flickered in Pedro's eyes. Yes. Out of sight, baby! He exclaimed. He and Rhonda gathered up some of their fellow punishees and became the town's first jet ski gang. They called themselves the Sea Don'ts and terrorized the harbor, the lake, and the city swimming pool on Tuesdays and Thursdays when they were able to borrow Rhonda's uncle's trailer. Initially, people laughed harder than ever at them, but shit got dark quickly when the motorcyclists that the Sea Don'ts coaxed to their lair with insults turned up drowned again and again in suspiciously gang-sized groupings. Just the fact that they owned jet skis marked Pedro's gang as hardened criminals. Soon the town belonged to the Sea Don'ts, and Pedro had everything he ever wanted as soon as someone explained to him that everyone else wanted it. He ate paninis for the rest of his days and never questioned the fillings. 
If this story ate you out, you can press it and other sealed sandwiches at the internet links of the shameful sphinx BeWareTheHairyMango.com. Clone Flawfully in the comments for this post or can't email me and we'll make out with Aunt Harriet and Wayne Manor at Matthew at BeWareTheHairyMango.com or cuddle with Dick Grayson and our sleepy baggie at BeWareTheHairyMango at gmail.com. Whenever our hills are alive, the SF and SF Signal stands for Singing Freely, mostly because no one ever pays us for doing it. The gang at SFSignal.com can never agree on what to sing, so our barbershop quartets have degenerated into home perm solos. I, for one, write all my own music. I do very short a cappella songs. Kerosene! That was one of them. They just come to me and I'm inspired. Liposuction! They mostly suck. Getting tweets at twitter.com slash upwithgravity is far more fun than getting tweets from the tree branch above my car. That second one usually means there's a car wash in my near future, which around here is what we call rain. If only that tree wasn't in the way. Enjoy my latest story outside of this podcast, Cyborg Giraffe Cleans House at Drabblecast.org. It's episode 378. How can you possibly like this show and not be enticed by a title like that? Throw a buck in the donate button on the homepage so people singles of years from now can enjoy Beware the Hairy Mango even less than you do. Do it for the children. No, don't let them watch. This podcast lurks Merv Griffinly in the back alleys of a Steve Martin film in Austria and wishes it could make sweet cerebral love to the smoking hot brain of Anne Almalmehe and if she turns out to be down with that, maybe float the idea of a three-way with a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial share like 4.0 international license. Until Willy Wonka builds a glass escalator to look up the pant legs of his ascending Oompa Loompas, this will kneel before Zod as Matthew Sanborn Smith and tell you them's the brakes. And them over there's the axles. Good night. <laughs>